If you still have your Bibles open to Psalm 33, we'll read that again in just a moment. I've entitled this lesson, God Has Blessed America. And I want to spend a little time on some history, and actually I want to convince you of a couple of things that uh, aren't so well known these days and aren't discussed as much as they used to be about God blessing America. Uh, Some of you younger attendees may be surprised at some of the things you hear. Uh, They're not spoken of that much in our day and age, and I think we see the results of that, but... Uh, We want to start in Psalm 33, verse 10 and 11, because that is the first point that I want you to know that we don't think about too much anymore. Psalm 33, 10 and 11. The Lord foils the plans of the nation. He thwarts the purposes of the people. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations. To put that in real simple terms, that says God is in control. So nations, rulers, men, people on this earth, nations think they're in control. But they're not. You could summarize that in one sense. God deals with nations. Always has. And I believe he does today. The biggest example we have, since the story is told throughout the Old Testament, is that of Israel. The, The nation of Israel was from God's mind. He called Abraham. He told Abraham, I want you to leave the country going. I'm going to give you a new country. You are going to be a great nation. He chose their land for them. He chose the time of possession that they would have that land. He gave them their laws. He raised up kings and brought down kings. And as we read through the Old Testament and see that, that seems kind of natural to us. You think, oh yeah, God's running things. Uh, God's in charge here. He's in control. When that nation chose to go other directions, God dealt with them. When they obeyed him and did right, he blessed them. That seems normal to us. That's that's history. We kind of like that story of Israel. Uh, We read other places in the uh, the Old Testament about nations that he dealt sternly with. Uh, The Amorites, the Amalekites. The Bible says they sinned continuously, and God remembered it. As you read through the Old Testament, if you read it in one big story as we did a few years ago in the chronological Bible, you see those names pop up every once in a while. The Amorites and the Amalekites always causing trouble, always being sinful, always going against God. And the Bible says he remembered them. And he judged them and he destroyed them. story of Egypt and Moses, one of the greatest stories in the Bible. We read about that and how Egypt, the ruler of Egypt, thought he was God. And God said, I'll deal with him. I will show him that I am God. 
And he sent Moses down there to do it, and Moses thought, this will never work. Uh, but we read the whole story, and we see God's power and might and his intention through all of it to get his people out of slavery and to destroy the, the Pharaoh and his men and, and all of that. Later, he caused the fall of Babylon. Babylon was the greatest power in the world until God decided that they shouldn't be anymore. We read through the Old Testament and that history, and we think, yeah, that's the way it was. God used to run things. He used to run nations up and down and control things and just like Psalm 33, 10 and 11 says. But we sometimes forget that. And we get to thinking that today, the United States or Russia or Greece or someone's in charge of things. Go to the New Testament. I'll read it to you. You don't need just one verse. Romans 13, 1. But when you get home, read that whole chapter the first verse in Romans, Paul says, Christians, everyone, must submit himself to the governing authorities. Now, this is not written to people in Wichita, Kansas, only. Uh, this is written to people anywhere, Christians anywhere. Wherever you happen to live, whatever age you're blessed or cursed to live in, Paul says, everyone must submit themselves to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Okay? Now, some of that doesn't make sense to us. We look at some of the authorities in power in the world, and we think, God's condoning that, oh, for a time and for a reason, and he will deal with them, and all, all of that we don't think of, but that's the fact. Just like he dealt with Pharaoh, just like he dealt with uh, the Amorites, just like he dealt with the king of Babylon, he will deal with the authorities that exist today. There are no authorities that exist except he's established them. So he still deals with nations. Now, if we understand that point, that God deals with nations, let's go to the next part of Psalm 33. And the psalmist tells us this fact, verse, 13, uh, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Okay. Lots of nations. And lots of gods. Lots of nations that worship their dictator, their king, some other god, whatever. The psalmist tells us that a nation whose god is the Lord, they'll be blessed. God will deal with them in a good way. God will deal with them kindly. He will bless them. He will magnify them. He will lift them up. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Okay. Now, with that as our foundation, here's the second point I want you to know. This nation 
has been blessed because it began with a strong belief and trust in God. This nation began as a nation whose God was the Lord. Now, it's not taught much anymore. The, the revisionists have changed the history books. They've perverted the whole concept of church and state. So someone receiving a partial education may not know this. In fact, they've been told the exact opposite. They've been told lies about our founders and about the intent of the Constitution and all of that. But the truth is that we were begun with a very strong belief and trust in God. Let me give you just some quick history here. I'll try to read some of the quotes as quickly as I can. and all that. But we need to hear them. We need to understand them. We need to remember them. The, the pilgrims in 1620, the, some of the first folks that came over here to this land, uh, wrote the Mayflower Compact. And it had in it the reason that they were coming. The reason for their voyage, the reason for their dangerous voyage. They said they were coming for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. That's what they came for. That was their purpose. They signed it solemnly and mutually in the presence of God. That's the kind of people that came to settle this country. And I know we've studied all this before in some classes in much more detail and all that. But just a quick summary to show how this nation was founded. Uh, the charter of the colonies as they began in this country. 1683, uh, the charter of Rhode Island, which is a very unique charter because uh, Great Britain helped write it uh, for this colony and gave approval to it. And it specifically says in the charter of Rhode Island that the people that are settled in Rhode Island, it is much on their hearts to hold forth a lively experiment that a most flourishing civil state may stand and best be maintained with a full liberty in religious concernments, and that true piety, rightly grounded upon gospel principles, will give the best and greatest security to sovereignty, and will lay in the hearts of men the strongest obligations to true loyalty. Now, I know that's a bunch of big old other century words. But what the writer in England wrote for the people in Rhode Island is, they've got it on their hearts that you can begin a community based on religious freedom and grounded on gospel principles, and that will be your greatest chance to have a great community. That will be the best way to maintain a thriving community, to base it on religious freedom and gospel principles. Declaration of Independence, when it was written, begins and ends with God. Begins by talking about how we have been created equal by our 
creator. It says toward the end that King George has compelled us to do this, made us declare our independence because he violated the laws of nature and of nature's God. That's how we began. That belief, that concept that God ruled nature and he dealt with nations is all through our founding documents and our principles of government and the things we do. Uh, Much of it's been beaten out lately or chased away or taken into hiding, but not in the beginning. In the beginning, it was open. That's the way our founders did things. When, When people were elected in those early years, They were sworn in with God as witness, with their hand on the Bible. Now it's chic to do it with something else. They began by putting a chaplain in the Senate in the House. They began all the sessions with a prayer. They said, we want Christian institutions to grow and flourish so we won't tax them. We want them to be tax-exempt so they'll grow and there'll be more of them. When they got ready to print their coinage, they said, let's put on it, in God we trust. I want to remind people of why we're here. When they got around to the Constitution and the, the Bill of Rights and the first very first thing they put in the Bill of Rights, very first amendment, Two clauses about religion, the establishment and the free exercise. There will be no state religion. Government can't establish a religion, can't pick one for you. And the second part is you've got free exercise of religion. The government cannot interfere with your practice of religion. And it used to mean what it said. Uh, Our government is not neutral on religion. It's positive on religion. It just says government's supposed to stay out of it and people are supposed to worship God the way they want to. No one can prohibit the free exercise of religion. That's how this country began. Like one of the greatest pieces of history uh, ever is told about the Constitutional Convention. Uh, This was, as you know, a few years after the Declaration of Independence, and we had declared our independence and fought the war and all that, and now we were getting around to the tough business of organizing a constitution and a nation. How do you do that with 13 colonies that have all different ideas? Well, the Constitutional Convention convened, and after four or five weeks, had basically accomplished nothing. All 13 colonies had their ideas. Everybody wanted this and that, and uh, some small states wanted protection against the large states, and, and on and on it went, and they weren't getting anywhere. And finally, old Benjamin Franklin, 81 years old, Ask if he could address the convention. Here's what he said. 
missed in part. I've cut parts of it out. Mr. President, the small progress we have made after four or five weeks is, methinks, a melancholy proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. How has it happened, sir, that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understandings? In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard. And they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine that we no longer need his assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. And I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. And then he sat down. They began the practice immediately of beginning with prayer every day, and soon they had a constitution. That's the way this country began. People forgot sometimes, in just ten years or so there, about God dealing with nations, but thankfully some old, wiser heads reminded them of it. After, a few years after that, Patrick Henry answered someone's question this way. He said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1892, the Supreme Court ruled in one case and wrote this opinion, our laws and institutions must necessarily be based upon and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. Our civilization and our institutions are emphatically Christian. 1892. So this country began. Now, if I've convinced you of that, if you understand how we were founded, let me give you the result. 
If you read Psalm 33, 10, 11, and 12, you know what's going to happen. But it happened. The result of all that is that God has blessed America. Now, I know we have a lot of uh, benefits here. We have, we have a lot of things that others don't. But God has blessed us. If you think through what we really have and what we've done and in the short time we've done it, it's impossible to explain it any other way. There's other countries that have more resources, more natural resources. The, the Saudis have a lot more oil and on and on and all of that. But nobody in the world lives better than the people in this country. No, we talk about poverty as a problem. And the poverty in this country is is absolutely nothing compared to poverty every place else. This is a rich, blessed country. In just 200 years, I guess 229 now, I think, in just 200 years, look what we've built. Skyscrapers and highways. Uh, look where we've been. We've explored. We've been on the moon. Uh, we've explored the atom. We, we know what's in things that nobody's ever seen before. Uh, we've defended ourselves. We haven't made war on anybody. We've defended ourselves and others. We've gone to the defense of others all over the world from tyranny. And overall, we've really suffered very little from war. We've been blessed. Our land and our technology. Who feeds the world? We, we do fewer and fewer farmers with better and better technology. And the land that we have feed the world. Well, what's the ultimate test, I guess, is who comes or goes? You know, there's a whole lot of nations on this world, in this world, they have to build walls and fences to keep people in. They want out. They want out so they can come here. You know, I mean, we talk about building fences to keep people out. That's how this country is. That's how much he's blessed us. That's how much he's, he's given us. That's how he's lifted us up. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. We'll close with. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He has blessed America. We need to raise our voices and praise perhaps more often than we do, but this time of year and this weekend especially, it was good to sing about the faith of our fathers, good to sing about how beautiful America is in so many ways because he's blessed us in so many ways. Return tonight. I'll answer the question that's probably in some of your minds. 
How long will God bless America? He has blessed us, no doubt in that, and we need to praise Him for it and be thankful for it. But we'll talk about some of the other things this evening. There is a freedom that is greater than American freedom, freedom in Christ. There's a nation that's greater than America. It's a royal nation. It's the church of the living God. There are people who are more blessed than Americans. Christians are more blessed than Americans because we have an eternal blessing. If you're not a Christian and you're here this morning and you've been thinking about that and know it's time to make a change in your life, we'd be happy to help you with that. Maybe you're here and need the prayers of this family or have a special request for us, whatever. We're going to give you an opportunity to come to the front and speak to our elders. Let's stand and sing. If you need to come, come.